When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, and welcome to the playoffs. I'm glad we're all here as our Chicago Bears will be traveling down to New Orleans to take on the Saints in a wild card showdown this weekend. I'm Eros Wildewitt. Joined with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. The two of us, we're here for our weekly game preview episode, and we have a great show in store as we'll be taking a look at this upcoming matchup, which is really our second playoff preview ever on this podcast. And Nick, I can't speak for you. But I know I'm grateful for this opportunity to discuss some Bears playoffs right here with you. And I I know we both have a a sour taste in our mouths after losing to the Packers, which is a taste that, unfortunately, we're used to. But it's not every season that we get to talk about a playoff game when it comes to our Bears. So how are you feeling? I'm very excited, uh, even though this is an interesting matchup, to say the least. Definitely an interesting matchup, but I'm excited like you will. I mean, the last time the Bears had a road playoff game, I wasn't, or I was born, but I was a month, maybe a month old. It was 1995, or was it January 7th against Minnesota Vikings at the Metrodome? So it's been a while since the Bears have been in this position, but like you, we, in the last, what, three years, the Bears have made it to the playoffs twice. So you can feel good about that, but. It's a uh, it's a weird way that they got in, and that's why we have these mixed feelings about this game and what ultimately will happen here. Did you see who entered the chat? I did not know who's in the chat. Me, my son's on my tablet, and apparently he's talking in the chat. He said he was going to watch the show tonight. He's excited about the game, but I saw my <laughs> own self in there. I was like, well, "What's going on?" And now he put a bear down emoji. So I think he's trained well. You know what? I saw that, and I just thought it was you. And I'm like, wait, we're talking right now. I didn't, I guess I didn't process that, but what's going on, AJ? (laughs) (laughs) Right now, uh, everyone be nice because I don't know what's going to be coming out of uh, his thumbs as we go throughout this show. (laughs) But like you were mentioning, it's been a long time uh, since, well, the Bears were in the playoffs. I mean, a couple seasons to me is a long time, but this game does give me memories of 
really when I was a kid watching the Bears, the Bears Saints, that wild card, not wild card, the NFC Championship game, Rex Grossman, Bernard Berrien, Thomas Jones, uh, Greg Olson. I mean, it's it just all comes back to me, and I don't know. It's a little bit of nostalgia, which is always nice, but I don't know. It's exciting. Are you uh, ready to kind of though dive into our show? We have a lot of preview content here that we need to sift through, and uh, I'm ready to rock and roll if you are. Let's do it, Will. All right. So, Nick, what's going to be your new initial perception of the Saints? Uh, I kind of, I think, gave mine away a little bit in the uh, Meet the Opponent episode or the Revisiting the Saints episode because I'm just enamored by the defensive turnaround that the Saints have had, which has been a big driving force behind their success. And unfortunately, now their offense getting healthy is another big concern of mine. So they're a team that's coming together, getting healthy at the right time with a defense that's really playing at a high level. Yeah, I think I'm going to build off your point there, Will. And just my initial perception the second time now is that they're a resilient group. I mean, what, just last week, they didn't have any running backs, Will. And they were without Michael Thomas for a good portion of the season. But yet they had an opportunity just last week to get a first round, you know, a berth there, a first round buy. But obviously the Packers won that and were able to eliminate the Saints from, from getting that. So I think that's uh, what I see about the Saints is that regardless of who is there for them, they're going to make the most out of it. You're, you're laughing, Will. What's, go, what's going on here? AJ's comment in the chat. <laughs> I mean, again, he's seven, and he's putting if the Bears pick Patrick Mahomes, they would be lit, and he's not wrong. <laughs> like, this kid, I swear. So I, I'm going to have to like mute these comments because that's going to just drive me insane throughout this entire show. But, yeah, uh, I'm excited here. Let's go ahead, though. Let's jump in. Let's talk about this Chicago Bears offense and after some time nick for at least for me to does a robot know you like a neighbor insurance corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone anything anytime anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received please hold robots don't know you we do at farm bureau financial services getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Just that last game, uh, Nick, you may have some differing opinions here. Uh, You wrote an article, and I think I know how you feel about it. But for me, after some reflection, I'm settled on the belief that the offenses, the dink and uh, dunk approach that we saw last week, was a viable game plan given the opponent and is unfortunately just a lot of that mix execution in the red zone, which uh, really kind of put the bears in a bad position. And that's why they ended up losing that game. Now things don't get any easier for the offense this week. Uh, especially if you look at DVOA, it gets a lot harder. Green Bay's defense, they're ranked 17th in DVOA. The saints, they come in as the second best defense, according to football outsiders, DVOA. So, I look at it this way, Nick. Last week was the PSAT as we're starting to play a more real defense, and now this is the true SAT test, and the Bears didn't do so well on the practice exam. I'm curious to your thoughts on how the Bears can go against this real exam, this real test. Uh, Just a general, I guess, temperature check on your vibe around this offense and what it should do or what it should look like this week. Yeah, so I think the big thing, obviously, like just looking at the defensive statistics going into this game and where the Saints are ranked, it's a lot of the top 10, top five, or, you know, even look, they're just a a very good unit. And one area where I'm kind of focusing on where the Bears are not very good 
31st in the league in that third down percentage. The, the, the Saints are ninth in third down percentage defensively. So there's a huge gap there in terms of what the Bears are offensively, not a very good third down conversion team, and then what the Saints are a top 10 unit in that category. But there's a lot of those kind of categories they can look at where the Saints just have the edge. And it's, I think, just an entirely different defensive unit that we saw in that first matchup because I was re-watching that. I'm like, oh, the Bears are – the Bears are moving the ball. It was a 13 to 10 game going into the, the, the third quarter. And that was only because the saints had a last second drive, but the bears were able to actually put some drives together. But now this defense is clicking. And like you said, they are getting healthy and that's scary because when you have like a guy like Deandre Jordan or Trey Hendrickson, who's what second, in the NFL tied with Aaron Donald and sacks at 13 and a half. There's a lot of guys on that defensive unit that can make some plays. And just to kind of keep on this one, I mentioned this in the revisiting the Saints episode, but since we played them, they've had 20 turnovers on defense. They've held four teams to single digits. I know one was the Broncos without a quarterback, so maybe three. And they've just been a nightmare for offenses on third down. And I just want to look at the Bears offense from a macro sense and what type of game plan that we want to see on Sunday. Because even though I mentioned that I was fine with that slow burn approach is how I'll phrase it here from the offense last week. I would like to see them be more aggressive this time around. I like to see them stick to the run more on top of that, not play scared. I know Mitch was saying some things too this week that uh, the offense needs to open up. But what about you? Are you kind of hopping aboard that train of the Bears should and must be more aggressive than what we've seen last week? As long as being aggressive, stick to that game plan that we saw, not really with the with the Packers in terms of trying to maybe make Mitch more of a pocket passer. They need to be aggressive while running that play action rollout and those types of plays, because that's where we saw in the four game stretch where the bears were scoring third year game. That's where they had success, but they kind of, they did it at times last week against the, the Packers, but not enough. And that's where you saw Mitch Trubisky make some of those mental errors and put the ball in jeopardy of being intercepted. And Adrian Amos got one of them. Kevin King should have had another, but they definitely have to be aggressive because this is an offense that scores 30, 30 points a game. So you have to match Drew Brees, and it looks like Alvin Kamara is playing, and that's the like the the issue or like the news that Bears fans are hoping that they they wouldn't you know get for this weekend. But that's the reality. You have to be able to keep up with a guy like that and just a team that is aggressive that's going to put points up, and the Bears offense needs to match that because we know I think we should all know now that the Bears defense can't be relied on. So at this point, you need to be able to score points and not sell for field goals. One for five in the red zone, Will. You do that again against the Saints, same results will happen like they did last week against the Packers. I can't disagree with you. that If they go one for five in the red zone again, we're going to end up losing this game. It's That's an easy, uh, true statement. And honestly, if they get to the red zone five times, I'd be pretty excited about it, but the, the execution needs to be at a much higher clip. And you mentioned Mitch, and let's focus on him for a minute. I want to know what you want to see out of him this week. It's obvious that he doesn't need to be making those crushing mistakes in the red zone, but there has to be more. I personally would like to see him have the green light to use his legs this week. Uh, this comes from watching the Saints loss against the Eagles, as well as kind of watching some of their film against the Chiefs. You see Jalen Hurts literally just destroying that Saints defense on the ground. He had over 100 yards rushing. 
So if, if the Bears are able to be more aggressive and take some of those deeper shots in the intermediate range to perhaps some deep balls, that should force the defense to play back some, focus on some of these receivers, which in turn could open up Trubisky to tuck and run. That was an element that the Bears didn't have the last game because they had Nick Foles under center. And it's something that the Saints defense really has struggled to defend. So, Nick, this is another week, though, where this could be Trubisky's last N.A. Bears uniform. So what are your expectations and what do you hope to see from number 10? I agree with you that running should be more of a factor in this game. But I just, as I was rewatching that game, I, I remember like this is the game that Mitch Trubisky got injured against, yep. against the Saints. The one play that he comes in, he gets tackled wrong and, you know, his shoulder is hurting. He didn't, obviously, it wasn't a, a huge significant injury, but this, this was against the same opponent. But that needs to be a factor because, Will, when I look at the times where usually Mitch Trubisky goes over that 40 mark in attempts, I want to say things just kind of go awry or things don't usually end up being in the Bears' favor. And when you look at the last four games or five games where they're they're scoring almost over 30 points a game outside the Lions one, it's all under the 40 attempt mark. You have a Jacksonville game. It's only 35. Minnesota it only throws it 21 times. Houston, 33 times. Detroit where the Bears look. They were in position to win that game. The fumble at the end killed them, but 34 times as well. I feel like if they go over the 40 mark, like they did last week against the Green Bay Packers, 42 or anything above that, that's where you see all these mistakes and just obviously it's too one-sided. That means the Bears got away from the run. It's not working out to what they want to do. But for Mitch, you keep it in that 30 range. You run David Montgomery. You run him until he can't run anymore. And you establish that throughout the entirety of the game. Keep Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara off the field. That's going to be the recipe for success for Trubisky to succeed, but ultimately the Bears' offense. Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned that. I was talking about that a little bit last week, too, just looking at Trubisky's history against the Packers, and the attempts are just insane in terms of like how much you know how high they are. And obviously, like you said, it's a double-edged sword. If you can run the ball and you can keep it out of Mitch's hands, A, you're going to give him less opportunity, opportunities to throw the game away or – put the football on the ground and give it away in that regard. And B, he's sticking to the run. You can keep the whole offense open. So that's a really uh, keen observation from you there as well. Uh, let's move on to the offensive line, though, because they have a couple of different challenges uh, that I'm curious to your thoughts on. Uh, the Saints defense, they present a two-fold problem. They're one of the best units at getting after the passer. They finished the regular season with 45 sacks, which ranks seventh in the NFL, and they're also opposing quarterbacks on 31.2% of all dropbacks, which is at the second highest rate in the entire league. And then they're also dominant against the run. They finished fourth in yards allowed per game at 94 as well as in yards per attempt at 3.9. Complicated question, simple answer time. Which one of these challenges worries you the most? You know, actually, I'm going to say one that's that wasn't even mentioned about the rushing. It's a rushing statistic, but the Saints defense in rushing touchdowns allowed, they're tied with the Bears with only 11, but that's second in the NFL, and the Bears are 27th in rushing touchdowns. But we know that this has been a huge element of the Bears' offense. So I guess it is the rushing statistic because if they take that away, then those, like we just were talking about, the attempts for Mitch goes up. The more opportunities to make mistakes goes up. Ultimately, this game getting out of hand, the chances go up. So that's where I'm concerned with, with this game plan and what the Saints could do to this Bears' offense. And 
even like if you go to the last matchup though, Will, like that offensive line, you lost Bobby Massey, I think, on like the very first series. And obviously he hasn't played since. So you have Jason Spriggs in. Alex Bars, I think, is playing like one of his first games. You have Sam Mustafer playing in place of an injured Cody Whitehair. So it's an entirely different offensive line. I want to see how it goes up the second time, though, against this Saints defense that's now, well, look, they're playing very well. That's for for damn sure. But the Bears need to establish the run. But that is my biggest issue. Can they? Didn't we have Rashad Coward playing that last game as well? He got injured, too. So it's like there were multiple guys that got injured in that game. And there were Spriggs, Bars. It was a you know just a revolving door of offensive linemen going in and out of that last Saints game. One more item just to prove the importance of establishing the run against the Saints defense. As we know, it's important. It's important every week, but it's important this week, too. The Saints, they did allow 11 touchdowns on play action, uh, which was the sixth most. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. In the NFL. And if you can't run the ball, play action is not going to work. And when you look at the differential of a passer rating, uh, without play action versus with play action against the Saints defense, uh, without any play fakes, they're only allowing quarterbacks to a 77.8 rating. When they are offenses going up against this defense, utilizing play action on those plays, this defense is allowing a pass rating of 100.6. So it goes up 23 points there on the rating, just to kind of put it in perspective. And on top of that, Nick, from the Bears' offensive perspective, we know that if we can get Mitch to utilize the play action, get him on the boots, and if that run game is something that the defense has to worry about, it just kind of takes some of the pressure off and opens up some of these nice, easy throws underneath. And we've just seen that's a, a big, I guess, indicator of this offense's success. If they cannot establish a run, they're going to struggle mightily. Absolutely. I think there was an article written about maybe two weeks ago now. It, it showed the differences in Trubisky's QBR and just overall statistics with play action, without it. With play action, one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Without it, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. So it's, it's a again, a statistic that if it goes in the Saints' favor, then the Bears are not going to have a chance. But if the Bears can utilize that run game to set the play action, then maybe we'll see the offense that we saw prior to the, to the Green Bay Packers game, and that will keep the Bears in the game. Again, though, the defensive level that we're going up against is the big concern in front of us, and whether even if all this is true or if they can get the running game going a bit, what can that secondary do that's a little different? Kind of like what Green Bay did, because when you look at the Texans game and the Green Bay game, really the, the reason why the Bears didn't have as much offensive uh, success in terms of gaining yards per play is the Packers' ability to wrap up, tackle, and then eliminate those yards after the catch where the Texans had a real tough time with it. And the Saints are more geared towards the Packers where they can be very strong in that regard. They do have some issues covering the flats with some bigger bodies. I'll talk about that a little bit more throughout this show. So maybe looking at like Cole Komet, but still, you have to be looking at this defense with a real, I say, clear focus and understanding that they're going to pose a ton of challenges are there any other uh, 
keys for the offense, any individuals that you wanted to discuss just a, a little bit more here. Obviously, Darnell Mooney's health is a concern right now. His availability or the lack thereof can really prove to be uh, vital or detrimental one way or the other. Yeah, so that's obviously a huge one. But just watching the last game, uh, what I was noticing, I'm like, wait, okay, obviously there's Nick Foles, right? And we haven't seen Nick Foles in a while. But a guy that was making some plays was Anthony Miller having eight set, eight receptions for 73 yards. A lot were coming on first down, just keeping the Bears ahead of the, ahead of the sticks there. Um, so I was just thinking, well, is this an opportunity at some point where Anthony Miller somehow finds his way to get more involved in the game plan. If Darnell Mooney is still kind of going through this injury, that could be something to kind of watch out for because he was getting open in this game. And so that's just something to keep an eye on because we really haven't seen Anthony Miller for since the bears offense has been kind of exploding, Anthony Miller's contributions to, to the unit have been, you know, non-existent really. Is it okay that, Without Darnell Mooney, I actually get more concerned about Anthony Miller because then he has to be more that next man up where if he's that third option with Mooney and his speed and Miller can either work to slot or just be, as teams know, he doesn't get heavily targeted with both Mooney and Robinson being active. And if they do have to shift some of that attention to number 17, I do think it makes it even more difficult for him to be a or have a bigger role in the offense here this week. I could see it both ways, Will, because he wasn't contributing with Darnell Mooney as the number two, but maybe that's what he kind of needs to be that that second guy to actually get the looks to actually when the play is happening, like he's the second man, the progression, that might be what it takes. But look, I think Anthony Miller put himself in this position anyway because he just wasn't consistent enough. We we know all about the struggles with whether it's running the right depth, the right route, or being in the right place. It wasn't there. And that's why Darnell Mooney eventually surpassed him being the number two, but I think it could go both ways. Okay. The only other thing I wanted to shed at least some numbers on real quick, I already mentioned that this defense has been a nightmare for offenses on third down. Just to put it in perspective, the Bears, we know they struggle on third down all season. They do rank 31st in the NFL still. And then on top of that too, uh, I believe the Saints are a top five unit in that regard right now. Uh, So it's just a tough one. For some reason, I put they rank question mark and I never went to actually finishing my notes so while you're talking here in a minute I think I can find that ranking what was this uh what was the stat again third third Uh, down defense rank third down right now the Saints are ninth in third down conversion percentage at 38.2 so one spot actually below the Bears which are you know pretty I guess that if one thing on defense has been all right it's been the third down defense their Bears are at 38.1 but yeah I have the statistics the Saints on the left side Bears on the right so I know where I got my top five. They're actually bottom five the last time we played them on third down. They're like one of the fourth mm-hmm. worst. And then now they're top 10. And again, I talked about this with Ross. In order for going from one of the worst into a top 10 category, you need to be playing at an ultra high level in order to really work your way up the rankings. It's hard to, it's kind of like in, I'm, I don't know why I'm in a school mode today, but it's kind of like when you have like a real bad grade and you're trying to work it up, it's really difficult to move that thing up. It's so much easier if you get a zero to have that thing drop. Uh, all the way down. I'm getting shades of high school. Just thinking about that, it's been over a decade <laughs> since I graduated, and I still uh, don't like thinking about getting a zero, uh, to say the least. <laughs> all right, Nick, uh, is that it for the offense and uh, everything that we wanted to discuss today? Yeah, it's, it's a tough battle. I mean, everywhere you look at it, honestly, uh, for everybody listening, for the Spurs offense, I know it's been better as of late, but this Saints defense is really good in a lot of different categories, so it's going to be an uphill battle for sure. 
All right, so up next, we'll go ahead and talk about this Chicago Bears defense. But Nick, do you want to let people know a little bit more about our partners over at Manscaped? Yeah, absolutely. So guys, it's 2021, and I want to help you start off your new year right. And how I can do that is by telling you all about some of the amazing products that Manscaped has to offer, whether it's the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, which features an LED light and a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology that creates a smooth, and precise trimming where you need it most, or the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer, which can last up to 90 minutes, so you don't have to spend all that time trying to pull those unwanted hairs with those pairs of tweezers, or these are some must-haves that you need to know about, Manscaped's ball deodorant and ball toner. I'll tell you this, those two products, the ball deodorant and ball toner, are things that you don't think you need, but after you use them, you ask yourself, how did I go this long without using them? So make sure you go and check out all the great products that Manscaped has to offer. And here's the most important part. You get 20% off and free shipping if you just use our code TCA at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com with the code TCA. Great stuff there, Nick. Getting back to the task at hand, let's look at this Chicago Bears defense and After getting, well, let's face it, schooled by Aaron Rodgers last week, they'll be facing yet another future Hall of Famer in Drew Brees, who hit on 76% of his passes the last time out, and he also had two scores on the day. And that was without his top two wideouts. This time around, they'll have wide receiver Michael Thomas back. They'll also have Emmanuel Sanders, who wasn't active the last time around. And I guess luckily for Chicago, there looks like there's hope that Jalen Johnson should be able to return this week. He's been limited in practice after having uh, a non-participant label since his injury occurred just a few weeks ago. So, Nick, I'm curious your thoughts on the Saints having Thomas back, Sanders back this time around, and I have to assume it makes the defense's job just that much more difficult. Absolutely. Well, I mean, Taysom Hill was catching touchdowns the last time these two teams played and, you know, picking up first downs. Now you're adding Michael Thomas, one of the best wide receivers in the game. Granted, maybe he's not as healthy as he as he would be. But and then you got to think about Kamara and Emmanuel Sanders and like all these guys add up, Will. And we've seen the Spares defense. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be DJ Chark and Mike Glennon. They're scoring touchdowns like this is a Saints offense with Sean Payton and you know, they're going to have a perfect game plan going into this one against Chicago. So it's a tough task. Again, we talked about it with the defense, but uh, with, with the bears going against the saints defense, but now the bears defense going against the saints offense. Yeah. It doesn't get much easier on that side of the ball. I think that what might help them, this is going to sound kind of crazy. Like Drew Brees for me this season has been a little inconsistent. Like I feel like his passes don't have enough, I don't know what the right oomph maybe where he's Mm -hmm. letting it go underneath or if he's throwing in the middle of the field, like there are chances for these linebackers to get interceptions and it's still Drew Brees. You still got to worry about him. He's still going to put the ball in the right place. I know I was like, there was a play where he almost threw an interception very next play against the Panthers that they played last week. It's a perfect dime along the right sideline to one of his wide receivers. So Drew Brees, he'll make plays, but I think, because he's not playing at that super elite level that we're used to seeing for Drew Brees, maybe that makes things for the Bears defense a a little easier. But as you can tell how I'm saying that, I'm not too confident in it. Would you want Kyle Fuller to shadow Thomas? Is it really that important for him to do that? I know we are still a little confused on what the Bears were trying to do with Kyle Fuller last week because usually he's on the one side of the field. They're allowing him to go on an 
each side depending on the matchup, but yet they rarely would put him on Devontae Adams if he actually did flip sides of the field, which, again, is befuddling at this still. I mean, I'm, what, four days removed, and I still have no idea what they were trying to accomplish with Kyle Fuller. But would you shadow uh, either Thomas, uh, I was going to say Emmanuel Sanders, but I don't think he needs that kind of designation. Um, does that also change depending on if Jalen can or cannot play? See, that's, I think that's the thing. But I, regardless if he can play or if Jalen Johnson is out for, I think this will be his fourth straight game, I think they just need to stick to the game plan, honestly, where you keep Kyle Fuller to the one side because whatever they were doing, like Kyle Fuller wasn't even going and shadowing the best receiver most of the time. So whenever he went into the opposite side, it's not like, okay, he's shadowing Devontae Adams. He was just going to the opposite side. So um, I'm going to say they stick to their traditional game plan, and I'm going to really hope that Jalen Johnson can play, but he can't have, like Jalen Johnson in the last game, gave Jared Cook the wide open middle of the field on a post route. He wasn't even close. So if he does play, he needs to play better than, than he did in the first matchup. But I would say they stick to what we've seen from Kyle Fuller for – his entire career. And it was just weird that they did that against the Packers, one of the most important games they'll ever play. And he wasn't even shadowing Devontae Adams. It was a strange concept. Like you will, I am still confused as to why they did it. And I don't, I like the why I don't like the how, like if, again, if you're going to move them, there you go. let's shadow the best receiver. And we were kind of, you know, pushing forward a week ago and it's like, they heard some of it and like, Oh yeah, we'll move them from the other side of the field. But they didn't hear the pop, the part when like shadow Devontae Adams. So, We'll see how it goes. I believe Fuller early in his career did flip-flop, depending. But it's been under like Fangio where he kind of stood pat. And I, like you, Nick, I don't think you need to shadow Thomas. Obviously, if Jalen Johnson comes back, you can have a little bit more faith uh, than a Kendall Vildor having to cover someone like Thomas. Uh, and Jalen Johnson has been one of the better uh, aggressive corners that the Bears have had. And obviously, we need to make sure that it's known that if he can return this week, this defense has the potential to play a little bit better in terms of defending the past that we've seen over the past few weeks. Now, you already mentioned it, Nick. It looks like Alvin Kamara, he'll be returning from that positive COVID diagnosis. Looking at the last game, he had 170 yards last time against the Bears, and that was, of course, with Roquan Smith on the field, and the Bears look like they'll probably be without him. They haven't officially ruled him out. He hasn't practiced with that elbow, and it's a huge red flag for this defense to, uh, you know, not – it's already not playing at the same level that it was in the previous showdown. And now with the loss of Roquan, it only continues to exasperate the current problem at hand. And when I look back at the last game, Camara really hurt the Bears uh, once he was able to get to the edge as well as the receiver. And I hope that Chuck Pagano does not want to put Khalil Mack on Camara in this game like he did on the one of the bigger plays uh, the last time around. And the Bears without Roquan, though, Nick, they have some serious personnel, uh, personnel, personnel, challenges without him and I want to know what your headspace is with the loss of Roquan and the defense having to slow down one of the best backs one of the most electrifying backs in the league without your rangy speedy aggressive sure tackling linebacker well how you phrase that I I almost got a little sad there because then I'm like well who's going to be in place oh it's Josh Woods so that and Camara that combo that which is going to happen because I think we can all expect that Roquan Smith is not going to come back from a dislocated elbow I dislocated my elbow it was facing like the opposite direction it was nasty and it hurt and I was gone for like I forgot how long but he's not coming back and having Josh Woods in place of him it trying to defend and cover one of the best running backs in the league so shifty and good at running routes and decept and just 
being deceptive of where he's going to go. Like the, the bears, I, they couldn't even contain him in the first matchup. Like you were saying with Roquan, I would think Sean Payton is thinking, all right, well, we know Alvin Kamara just scored like six touchdowns on Christmas. Let's try to replicate those kind of numbers because we have the matchup to do so. And the, the, the Packers are able to exploit the, the linebackers in the middle of the field. And we know Alvin Kamara is almost like a wide receiver in terms of catching. So it's a huge mismatch. And Bears fans should – I think they know it, but this could be a big, big day for Alvin Kamara if somehow fantasy was going into – you know. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. This late of the season, man, he would put up some numbers. Yeah, it's one of those where you check your uh, sportsbook app of choice and you look at some of the, the player props here and you might want to take take the over on whatever they're setting. I do have another question on this, though, because something that is intriguing to me when I do look at the Bears' injury report is someone else that looks to be a full participant this week, and we haven't talked about him too much, and you're the president of his fan club, Dion Bush. Instead of a Josh Woods, or depending on how the Bears like to go about it, do you think the Bears could perhaps go dime to combat this a little bit? I think uh, when I think of Dion Bush, he could be a – an intriguing hybrid option, you know, more of a safety, of course, but he is a little bit stronger against the run. He's not afraid to get his nose dirty in the box, and he does have some of that speed so you can bring back some of the range, but also he could have a little bit of rust on him as well, not being uh, active for quite some time. So I'm just curious your thoughts about if Chuck Pagano or should Chuck Pagano look to deploy Dion Bush here to help supplement the loss of Roquan. Well, it sounds like a fantastic idea, to be completely honest. I'm glad you mentioned it because I was thinking about the ambush earlier today. I'm but sure you were. here's the thing. Yeah, of course, of course. But here's the thing. We we talked about, like, okay, Kyle Fuller's going to switch sides. He doesn't d- shadow the right guy. I don't know if Chuck Pagano is even smart enough to think about that right now. Like, it just doesn't make sense in his brain. Like, what could work for my defense that is missing one of its star players? No, we could have put Deion Bush there to put a better matchup for our Josh Woods. It doesn't even make sense. So to me, me and you, Will, this sounds like a great idea. I would put him. It's like it's almost like having that that dime, but he's that dime like linebacker safety. And it's it would be a better matchup on Kamara, who is almost like a wide receiver, like I was just saying. So I would do it. But Chuck Magano, I don't know if he's I don't know if he's thinking that. Thinking the same thing like you like you are, Will. Pagano would think about putting Dion Bush on the field, but he wouldn't play him at nose or something. He'd put, he'd put him on Taysom Hill. Like if Kamara and Taysom Hill are there, he'd like, you guard Taysom Hill, and then Josh Woods, you guard Kamara. And again, you, we keep saying Woods, but again, let's not act like the Bears are going to lock on mano e mano. They're going to play some zone, which is another issue with a linebacker, as Josh Woods, as we mentioned. Uh, he didn't get that proper depth on an on easy touchdown that they allowed to Green Bay. And there's also Danny Trevathan, and the Saints can put any sort of formation out there to put whoever they want on number 59, whether it's man, whether it's just going to his area, his responsibility in the zone, and that too has its own set of issues. Absolutely. Like, it, any way you look at it, Will, 
there's a mismatch. There's something that could go wrong. Like you can't take both Josh Woods and Dan Trevathan off the field. They're both liabilities and coverage, but you can't do that. And the bears don't have enough guys to really back them up to, to try to mitigate the damage that they could do there. So to me, when I look at that, it's a lose-lose situation. It's just a bad matchup and the bears are going to have to find and probably do some praying that it doesn't become as bad as I'm anticipating it to be on Sunday. Okay, so I gave you a two-fold problem with the offense. I think Kamara presents a two-fold problem for this defense. Same question, though. Are you more concerned as Kamara as a running back, so getting handoffs? Or I guess screens would work, but I'm looking at him actually with rushing attempts versus receptions. Which one would worry you the most this week? Right now would be the receptions, Will. I think we saw that. Um, look, if Danny Trevathan... If Chuck Pagano is going to ask Dan Trevathan to cover, you know, wide receivers, I mean, he's probably going to ask him to cover running backs and running a seam down the middle of the field with Alvin Kamara. You're just asking for it. You'd look at the big 50 yard play that he had in the first matchup. Again, you said like Cleo Mack was in coverage. I think they tried to bracket it. Someone busted mm-hmm. there. It didn't work. A easy play over the middle of the field, 50 yards down saints are in bears territory. So it's, I would say Alvin Kamara as the receiver, is more of a threat right now than the runner and the runner's easily a threat too. We know how the Bears run defense is, but Kamara, the receiver that scares me. Yeah. Whether he's running routes and really without Roquan Smith, another area that concerns me are is the screen game. Cause you don't have that linebacker with the speed to go in there and blow it up. And if they can get some blocks along the outside, Robert Quinn say is a few steps behind to get over there along the edge. That's going to be an E. I can see uh, Kamara really making a, a lot of damage as a receiver outside of the numbers in the screen game this week. And that's, a, again, when you lose the range of Roquan, you can stretch the field in a lot of different ways. You can stretch it horizontally and really put some uh, conflict on these linebackers, or you can try to beat them over the top as well. Uh, we saw that happen to both, uh, both Trevathan <laughs> and Josh Woods last week. So it's. And on top of that, we both mentioned how important linebackers are to the success, the, the failure or the success of this defense and how it's shaping up, Nick. Uh, it's looking like we're going to be uh, mightily challenged and we're unsure if they can uh, step up to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was, again, the first matchup, the Bears defense did a good job for a half. What's another area of concern? Well, I didn't know where you were going with next, but just something I saw just even last week. Where, with the Saints having to adjust their game plan, not having any running backs, what they did was they attacked the middle of the field. Three different players caught touchdowns in that middle of the field. You have Jared Cook, the tight end. You have Emmanuel Sanders, who runs. He lulls his defender to sleep because he looks like he's going one way, goes the other, touchdown in the middle of the field. And then you also have Austin Carr, Northwestern alum, going and catching a touchdown in the middle of the field. Where last week where the Bears were hurt by the Packers, the middle of the field, whether it was with Trevathan or Josh Woods or whoever was, you know, catching touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers, like the middle of the field is not an area of strength for the Bears defense. And look, passing off people in zones, whether they're in man, whatever it may be. And if that's what the Saints, the Saints scored three touchdowns attacking that area of the field. And we just talked about Josh Woods, Dan Trevathan, whoever may be there. If it's Duke Shelley, too, had, you know, a bad game as well, that middle is going to be, I think, I'm anticipating it to be wide open for Drew Brees to kind of pick and choose which guys are going to get their reception and, you know, kind of just keep that offense on the field. Do you have any suggestions or any thoughts on how you would put out some coverage to eliminate that? I mean, I think of Eddie Jackson as a single high and just have him roam the middle 
he has the range to get back to the outside if they want to take a deep shot. Obviously, and with Drew Brees' arm, I know Ross says it's looking like it's stronger now, but it's still not what it used to be. So I don't think he can force it and push it downfield with as much velocity on it, which could be a benefit. But as we know, Eddie Jackson isn't playing at his A game as well. But that's at least from my vantage point and just kind of thinking this through on the fly on this show. That's an idea that I would at least explore. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good one. I would just say I think it's going to be crucial because those linebackers are going to be on the field well. They can't get influenced so much when they see the ball fake with the play action because even last week against Carolina with Drew Brees had, you know, just a simple play action play. But, man, the defense for Carolina moved the the direction of the ball fake wide open. I forget who catches the ball, but it's it's another easy touchdown. So, and we saw that with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Josh Woods creeping up a little bit when he should be going backwards, right, in, in, his, in his zone. So you just have to be disciplined. Your, your eyes can confuse you with what you're seeing. You just got to know what you're supposed to do in the play and not get influenced by the ball fake or whatever that may be. And easier said than done. Like it's happening so instantaneously that you want to react to whatever you see. But that's going to be the thing. These guys. Oh, no. I think we lost Nick. So these guys, oh, you're back. Okay. Uh, I froze. I saw that. Yes. But um, what I'll say, I would rather Josh Woods and Dave Trevathan just drop back in their coverage than, than even move forward. Like give, if Kamara's going to run the ball, let him get his yards running. It's a big plays down in the deep explosive plays receiving that really scare me. So back up and do it. Exaggerate, just exaggerate your, your drop back. And then you can make the play and rally to, you know, tackle the ball carrier. I would probably advise against that directly. I know you're exaggerating to make your point, but still it, it shows you though, the, the issues, the conflict that these linebackers are going to have is if new Orleans can run the ball effectively. And again, we just talked about this with the offense. This is what we want the bears offense to do. The saints have an easier path to accomplish it than Chicago does. And that's the concern uh, that we have. I want to take some time to discuss speaking of concerns, my biggest one uh, when it comes to the bears defense and it's actually not the big play. It's what we've seen over the past few weeks, and that's the poor play inside the 20, inside of the red zone. Last time out, this defense, Nick, it feels like a year ago, a lifetime ago, but the last time they played the Saints, this was the bend-don't-break Bears defense. Saints, they got four red zone trips, only one touchdown out of them. And as we know, this defense, it's not the same force that it once was. Uh, They're very much average uh, in this regard over the last few weeks. And be going up against the NFL's second best red zone offense in New Orleans, and uh, that's been on, full, you know, without really their full slate of playmakers all season, bringing guys in and out, yet they still rank up there. And New Orleans, they have scored on 87% of their red zone trips since Drew Brees' return. So, Nick, I don't know about you, but if the Bears allow the Saints to reach the red zone four times again this time, I don't expect them to be able to keep them out of the end zone uh, as well as they did the last time out. Is that fair? No, absolutely. Look, if you have the combination of the Bears offense not converting in the red zone and the defense giving up, you know, touchdowns in the red zone, a very similar score to what we saw with the Packers and everything else. Yeah, oh, I thought you may have had more, but if it's one of those where you don't need to uh, at all. But I mean, that's I mean, that could be the difference maker. The Bears, if they can reach the red zone, if they have the same deficiencies on offense. If the defense continues to have its deficiencies in it as well, no one's holding up their end of the bargain. It's just a 
it's a double-edged sword. You're going to be leaving points on the field and allowing way too many. And this Bears offense against the defense, that's the caliber of the New Orleans Saints. I don't expect them to be able to hang around if this thing turns out to uh, be necessary for a shootout, uh, to say the least. But I think the red zone for me and the defense is still the biggest concern. Again, the big plays, I expect them to happen. They have playmakers. Drew Brees has been playing at a high level in the red zone. This offense has as well, and I think it's going to be their ability to punch it in uh, that could end up being a, a really big decider in this ball game. Anything else on the defense from your vantage point? No, well, I mean, like, like I ended our conversation with the Bears' offense. It is a tall task for for the Bears' defense, and they've been struggling. They really have. So they need to. I think the big thing too, like, if there's no pass rush on Drew Brees and interior pass rush, like. Again, you're asking a very smart quarterback that's seen all the defenses that he can possibly see to just go ahead and pick this defense apart little by little. If they think and dunk, fine, they'll they'll find a way. They're a really efficient offense. They score a lot of points. They're really good in the red zone, like you just alluded to, Will. So there's no pass rush like it was against the Packers or even the Jaguars or you know all these all these games that you can point to on your fingers. Then the Bears are in trouble. Yeah. I have the the edge, uh, the Bears' pass defense versus the the Saints' passing attack, and you need to get out of my notes about things I'm going to be mentioning here at the end of the show. <laughs> but yeah, lack of the pass rush is a big area of concern as well. So I'm glad you brought it up in this regard, this stage. But listen uh, for our listeners, there's going to be a, a little bit more uh, coming your way. But Nick, let's switch over to special teams real quick. Anything uh, on your radar? I just see the two kickers on the opposite ends of the spectrum right now. You have Santos, who's now the franchise record holder for consecutive field goals made, both in a single season and all-time. And then you have Will Lutz, who used to be a model of uh, efficiency and consistency for New Orleans. He's been struggling lately, so that's like my biggest one. If this game comes down to a kick or a couple of kicks, I like our guy better than I like their guy. Yeah, and I would agree with you there. And Will Lutz missed an extra point, I believe, in the first matchup against the Bears. And there was a, the, the first kickoff... When I saw it happen, it kind of rolled around the uh, the the post there. Um, the little orange. Why am I blanking on what the name of that the little flag? orange? The little or the it's not a flag. The little orange. Talking about the pylon? you know what I'm talking about. Yes, the little orange thing. It like rolled around, and Cordell Patterson was looking at it. It's like, is that going to go out of bounds? Is that going to? And it reminded me of the first play of the Green Bay Packers game, like where he's waiting to see it. So. Maybe that plays a factor. We saw it happen last week. But, yeah, it is going to come down to – it could come down to the kickers. I mean, that's what the, the Saints won by uh, a field goal last last game. So that's all I have on special teams. And I want to see actually Anthony Miller be the punt returner in this game. I think that would be a way – if he's not going to contribute on offense or be in the game plan, let him get some of the opportunities as a punt returner and see what he can do with it. But if Darnell Mooney's not out, he's going to have to be more involved on the offense. So would that change your thought there? Just want to make sure. Nope, I still want to see him. I haven't right. seen I haven't seen Anthony Miller all season. Mine as well. Ooh, shots kind of fired. All right, let's move into our X-Factors portion of this game preview. And just real quickly, Nick, who's going to be your X-Factor for offense? Actually, X-Factor, I just have third down offense. Um, okay. Ranked 31st in the league, going up against a ninth-ranked defense um, in the Saints, allowing just 38.2% conversion rate. All right. I like Cole Komet here. I mentioned Saints have been struggling covering some of these tight ends. I want to see some of those angry runs. Give them the, you know, the, the Spectre and just let them go for it. So for me, Cole Komet, get 
angry, run some guys over, and I think we need some of that inspired play, that aggressive play from Bears offensive players with the football in their hands to punish the defender, demoralize the, def- the defense, and on top of that, too, uh, he's a big, vital guy who you can get some easy yards with underneath, and if the Saints allow it. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. And he can become an outlet for Trubisky. That could be a really big benefit here in this one. What about defense? What's your X factor? Yeah, so this is a surprising statistic. The Saints offense is the second most penalized team in football in the regular season yards against. With 1,005, only Jaguars were had more offensive penalty yards. And that was surprising to me to see. But so can the Bears make the Saints offense commit false start penalties, holds, delay games, offense pass interference, neutral zone, whatever it may be. Actually, neutral zone fraction would be on the defense. Sorry. But I think pressure in the interior, like I was saying, can really cause a lot of those things to happen. So the Saints, not a very surprisingly disciplined team on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to penalties, second most in the league. Can the Bears defense somehow capitalize on that? Okay, I'm going with Akeem Hicks, uh, a player here. The last time we played the Saints, I went back and when I rewatched it and I was rechecking my notes, some of the best plays that we had from the defense came from Akeem Hicks on some really key downs, whether it's stopping to run or getting to Drew Brees, forcing his clock and some bad throws. So we need that same energy this week. Of course, the Saints are a former team of Akeem, and I just want to see him out there in a playoff. Again, playoff Akeem is probably a little bit more scary than regular season Akeem. So I just want to see, I said that same energy, but why not take it up a level? And if he can get in there, and this is a very strong offensive line, and we mentioned lack of the pass rush could be another issue. I need to see some of that interior pocket push from Akeem Hicks in order to A, stop Kamara, hopefully even Murray as well as another threat, and then getting to Drew Brees, because if you can do that, it's only going to help benefit and give the Bears the best opportunity to succeed. But Nick, speaking of X-Factors, the real X-Factors that make a huge difference to both of us are the listeners that have supported our show with their generous donations. And I have a laundry list of people to get to, which gets me very excited. That's awesome to hear, Will. So I will get of my shout outs that I got the donations here. And these are names that I've seen throughout the season. So that's so cool to see which now we're in the playoffs and, you know, a lot of familiar faces. So first shout out goes to Garrett, who we definitely had, you know, throughout this season. So Garrett, thank you so much for the donation. We really appreciate it here at the Chicago audible. And again, it's awesome to see it now playoff football. You're here supporting us. And then we also have, Will, someone that we're very familiar with, Matthew and Morgan Clemens, the Clemens family, um, the the superstar family. You guys um, uh, are just an amazing group of people, again, have supported us throughout the entirety of the season, and that's what makes you such a great uh, group of people. And in his donation, Will, uh, Matthew put, he wanted wanted us to forward it to Brandon. So Brandon... Well, you just got, I'll probably text you to make sure you listen to this segment right here because uh, Matthew and Morgan wanted me to forward that to you. We also have Connor from Indy. And when I saw Indy, I thought of you, Will, but I also thought of the NFL scouting combine. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but Connor, your your um, donation and then your little message from Indy just reminded me of the really good times that we have there, Will. And then we have finally 
Joseph, um, actually, who I think now I may be wrong, but Joseph may be a new donor. But again, I could be wrong. But Joseph, if you have in the past and for now, this opportunity, thank you so much for, for donating again. It's we see all the all the stuff we can do on the stream, this podcast. It's all because of all each and every one of you that sends a donation to help make that happen. Excellent stuff. Uh, and of course, I pass my uh, gratitude to each and every one of your shout outs. Jumping into my list, people jumped into PayPal this week. Like Will needs to do some more shout outs. And it's so appreciated. The first one I got, and like you, Nick, a lot of familiar names. And it, it just always means so much. We have Stephen from the UK. Uh, so Stephen, thank you again from your support from across the pond. Always ultra appreciated. I got Carol from Woodridge, Illinois. Not the first time that we've heard from Carol as well. So Carol, Thank you so much uh, as well for your continued support. And then I got Tony, no location. So Tony, who is mysteriously anywhere in the entire world right now, thank you so much, man, for your uh, support of our show. We have Nick, our friend, Jonathan Otten from Michigan that we went to the game with nice. last year, the the raffle that we did for our Bears-Chiefs game. That was, a, that was a night to remember as well. And then we had, right? And then we had Joe from Massachusetts. So I don't, I can't remember the last time we've actually had someone from Massachusetts to say that word. I don't say that one enough. So thank you so much, Joe, for your support, helping us out. And we got Tom Walsh from Brookfield, Illinois. Tom, appreciate it. Where, do you know where Brookfield is, Nick? My Illinois geography is not up to snuff. I know where the Brookfield Zoo is at, if that helps, but it, oh. it probably doesn't. Actually, that may be, if, if, the Brookfield Zoo is in Brookfield, Illinois. Is it not? Why are you shaking your head? Mm-mm. It's somewhere in the city, but I don't uh, think so. I know Lincoln Park Zoo. I've been I've been to both yeah. these zoos actually. Um, <laughs> fun fact for Will: I've been to both Brookfield and mm-hmm. Lincoln Parks. Woohoo for zoos! And then the last one I have <laughs> here is from uh, Antonina. Uh, so thank you so much, Antonina, for your support. Uh, PayPal for some reason did not want to give me a notification uh, of yours, but I found it. So if it's been sitting there for a while, I apologize. But I was able just to discover it earlier today when I was double checking my notes. So I'm not sure why I didn't get that notification, but your donation has been received and. Uh, it's ultra appreciated by both Nick and myself. So Nick, this is probably our longest shout out segment that we've ever done, uh, which is awesome. I know the end of the year, getting over the holidays, that all tends to help. But do you want to let people know, uh, hopefully, I, I want to have another game preview this season. So the next time we have our game preview, how they can get their shout out on that show. Yeah, here's how you can make that happen, either through Venmo or PayPal, depending on who, who, where you send the donation will depend on who says the, the shout out of the next episode. But if you want me to say it, you can send that donation through Venmo at the Chicago Audible. Or if you want Will to give the shout out, it's on PayPal, and that's www.chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. Again, Venmo at the Chicago Audible. PayPal is www.chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. But yeah, it was so cool. Well, to hear all the names that you had in combination with mine for what could potentially be the last one of the season. But it, I, we obviously we hope that's not the case. But thank you to everybody who's donated today and throughout the entire season. And we'll be doing shout outs throughout the off season. It's just right now our rhythm, our routine are these game previews. And don't donate based on who you want to give the shout out. Whatever platform, whatever app is comfortable to you. Go ahead and go with that avenue as well. You know, you don't have to use PayPal because you really want me to give the shout out. If you like Venmo, it's okay if Nick does it as well. <laughs> um, and on top of that, too, I've actually had a few people ask us, Nick, 
can I just send a check? I don't really like to do mobile payments. You can uh, reach out to me, will at chicagoaudible.com, and I'll give you an address where you can send uh, a mail-in check as well, just in case you don't want to use Venmo or PayPal. But all right, well, Nick, before you go on, sorry. And I'm I'm just an idiot, or I just don't understand where places are. Brookfield Zoo is in Brookfield. I don't know why I didn't think that was the case, but I saw in the chat here, who is this? Thomas. Thomas Walsh. Thank you. I, I obviously don't go to the city enough or whatever, but or Brookfield. I don't go to Brookfield enough. I was going to say, that's not in, a city. That's not the city. That's a No, summer. no, no. It's, it's close, I think. Wow, I just don't even know. I go to the Paul and that's it and take the train ride home, but I haven't done that in forever. But next time you have oh, that's gonna be true. Yeah, you're right. We're all kind of stuck here. But all right, Nick, you ready for our back breaking matchups here in this game? I know we talked about some X factors. We've have our share of concerns all across the board, but what's gonna be the matchup on offense that you can you believe is the backbreaker? Yeah, so just looking at that, obviously we talked about it. The Saints are loaded on the defensive side of the football. There's a lot of guys that can break the Bears back, but I think one that can really do that is Jermaine Effetti versus Cameron Jordan. Uh, Cameron Jordan, I think, uh, like Akeem Hicks, playoffs. Like this is a guy that I think plays with a lot of emotions as well. Those two are team. Those two are friends, and obviously we're former teammates. But he primarily lines up Cameron Jordan on the defense's left, so the offense's right side has seven to seven and a half sacks this season, second most on the team. And I know there's you know Hendrickson who who leads the team, second in the NFL with thirteen and a half, tied with Aaron Donald. But it's Cameron Jordan off the edge, and just seeing some of the things he did last week against the Carolina Panthers. If he's not getting the sack. Oh, he's putting his hands up to deflect the pass, and, you know, there goes a play. You can't obviously complete a ball that's deflected, and it it ruins everything. So he's going to – you know he's going to have a high motor. And the Saints have been eliminated in the first round or from the Vikings a couple times in the past couple seasons where that playoff drought has ended. I'm willing to bet they're not going to want to repeat that. And so I think a lot of these guys are just going to have their – you know, a high motor are going to want to get after Mitch Trubisky, get him uncomfortable, but that is – my backbreaking matchup, Cameron Jordan versus Jermaine Defetti. Okay. Uh, I have the defensive backbreaker this week, and Nick, I can't I can't go anywhere other than Alvin Kamara. Uh, and I don't know who it's for, though. I don't know if it's Kamara versus Danny Trevathan or Josh Woods, or I put in my notes, Deion Bush, question mark. I don't know who it is, but I think the backbreaker may unfortunately already be in the Saints' favor, which is going to be the loss of Roquan Smith being the unfortunate uh, challenge that the Bears may be unable to overcome. So that's, Nick, I don't know. Do you have a suggestion for me so I can formalize this? Because I, I just fear that both linebackers, I think, are valid. And then depending on what Pagano wants to do with uh, Deion Bush. No, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's got to be Alvin Kamara. And, but uh, we could say, like, whoever Duke Shelley's going up against or if it's Kendall Wilder going that, though, like, They don't do a lot of slot stuff. They really don't, uh, the Saints do. They, I mean, with a running back and an offensive line of their caliber, they're able to keep it on the ground and not have to go in some of these big three wide out sets. So for me, uh, it's going to be number 41 uh, against, I'll, I'll just say the linebackers because who knows what the matchup will be on any given play. Uh, so depending on the linebacker play, that's going to be my back breaking matchup. But Nick, we need to move on. It's time to find out who has the edge and I'm up first. The bears rushing attack versus that saints run defense and this one's interesting to me the Saints as I mentioned they're the fourth best run defense in the NFL and the Bears have been one of the better rushing offenses down the stretch this season 
But I want to also point out that this defense allowed over 140 yards to Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes in the month of December. And I believe the Bears are wise. They allow Mitch to use his wheels. Plus, they're able to stick to the run and feed Montgomery, as we've mentioned. They can actually be effective in this regard. It won't be easy, but it may be necessary in order for the Bears to win this game. So I'm actually going to give the Bears a very slight edge here because what I see from the Saints' defense is against mobile quarterbacks, they really allow a lot more yards, both per carry, both per game, than they do against offenses that have more of a a pocket passer. So I believe Mitch's legs if they can be used, do give the Bears a very slight edge here, but it's tough. And the last time out, I did give the Saints a handy edge here. With uh, At that point, David Montgomery and the Bears were not able to run the ball at all, but that has changed just a little bit. And, of course, Nick Foles was under center. So this one, I will give the Bears a very slight edge here. But what about you? Trubisky's arm versus the Saints' secondary so bears passing attacks that everything's included here versus that saints pass defense yeah and that saints pass defense is fifth in the league in allowed passing yards and the bears are 22nd in passing yards and there were a couple of plays last week against carolina where teddy bridgewater he did a lot of the same things trubisky would do uh throwing the hitch route but maybe being a little late janoris jenkins should have had a pick six and i'm like man why can I envision Mitch Trubisky doing a very similar type of throw and not being as successful? And look, you also got to factor in the pass rush. You really do. And I, the Bears weren't very effective last week against the Packers. And the Saints are they're rolling right now. So I have to go with the Saints here and their pass defense versus the Bears passing offense. All right. And right back to you, Nick. Bears run defense versus that Saints rushing attack. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you t- we talked about Alvin Kamara all podcasts, and it's there's a good reason. It's because he's a very good running back, and you don't have a Roquan Smith. You're relying on a Josh Woods, and well, the Bears even utilized Deion Bush in bigger pack or bigger nickel packages. I don't think so. It's just not what they've done, and obviously he's been injured. But we've seen missed tackles as well, bad angles from from safeties at times, and. This is a Saints team. Like you mentioned earlier, Will, they will run the ball. They will use their running backs. They will use Taysom Hill, Latavius Murray. Like there's a lot of guys that factor into this. So I have to also give that to the Saints rushing attack. There's just a lot of different guys and the Bears defense, unless they, there's been spurts, Will, where they've looked good against the run, but it's just been way too inconsistent, especially down the stretch for me to put any confidence in that unit. And on top of that too, we haven't really discussed this. You mentioned it in passing earlier. But how the Saints were able to run that ball last week without really any of their true running backs, it was Ty Montgomery out there, and he was able to have over 100 yards on the ground. I think is a good evidence uh, that this Saints offensive line, they're really humming right now, and that's just another issue that I have or concern that I have when it comes to this Bears defense that, again, some of these average teams, they've been playing poor. I couldn't even imagine, well, we'll find out soon, uh, what it can look yeah. like against an offensive line that's playing at a very – very high level. And looking at the last one, I have the Bears pass defense versus that Saints passing attack. And the last time out, I did give the Bears the edge here. And that was with the Saints being down their top two receivers and both the Bears defense. Uh, they're also playing lights out in the red zone. And unfortunately, as we know, uh, both of these things have changed. The Saints are healthy. The Bears now struggle in their red zone. And really, they're struggling against the pass. When you look at their last three games, the Bears have allowed a pass rating of 106.3. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? 
Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. I don't expect Breeze to give the Bears really many chances to make plays on the ball. And even if so, Nick, this defense, they don't take advantage of some of those gifts that quarterbacks tend to hand over to them. And as we talked about as well, pass rush hasn't been nearly effective enough for me to expect it to make an impact. Saints, they're only allowing one sack per game since Drew Brees' return. They couldn't get really any pressure on Rodgers. The Bears couldn't. They can barely get any pressure on Mike Glennon and the Jaguars. And it's been just some time since we saw it be effective. I think the Houston game is the best we can point to. And that offensive line is nothing like the one that they're going to be going up here against uh, this week. So, what I think this kind of stems is Drew Brees is going to be comfortable in the pocket, and that's going to hurt this Bears defense, and he's been damn good in the red zone. 19 touchdowns this season, zero interceptions, and as I already mentioned, they're the second-best offense on uh, inside the 20 since he came back off of IR, and I haven't even mentioned Kamara as a receiving threat yet. I'm just now getting to that point. <sighs> no Roquan as well. Obviously, the edge is going to go to the Saints here which is unfortunate, but it's reality, and we need to make sure that we see it as such. But, Nick, are you ready to hand out some bold predictions and get to the final portion of our game preview? Yeah, let's do it, Will. All right, so what's going to be your wild card bold prediction? Yeah, so I have two, one on each side of the ball here, and here's we'll start the negative one here first. Um, this could be, could be Mitch Trubisky's last game. Right. And I was just talking about how I saw some tendencies in uh, Teddy Bridgewater throw where he's late to throw the hitch route. And the Bears love to run those those types of routes. He should have been should have been picked and should have been for a touchdown. Mitch Trubisky is not throwing a pick six in his Bears career. Bold prediction. It happens on Sunday. Sorry to say, but defensive flip side of things. The Bears haven't had a pick six all year on defense. I think they get one. I think we were talking about Drew Brees giving some opportunities to some defenders like the arm strength, even though maybe Ross said it was there. It, I, I don't know. I think I see a little bit of the opposite, and it's going to be to Sean Gibson because why not? So pick six for Mitch Trubisky, but a pick six for Tashawn Gibson as well. Last bold prediction maybe of this 2020 NFL season. Oh, don't put it that way. It's funny. Earlier in the show, I'm like, hey, it could be our last one. No bigs. And then you mentioned it about bold predictions. And now I get sad because it's one of my favorite segments each week. I love coming up with these. And yeah, that would be unfortunate if it is the last one, but it could be. My bold prediction this week, I actually went with one. I think you kind of went my route because I've been kind of having a laundry list of them each and every week lately. So I was like, I'll go back. I'll have a singular bold prediction. And mine's going to be on offense. It'll be David Montgomery. He's going to finish with more total yards than Alvin Kamara. That's a bold prediction right there. Right? I see your face. So I already know that I, I did my job well. He'll have 180 total yards, Montgomery will. And he'll have 125 on the ground, which would be a new Bears record for rushing yards in a single playoff game, which would break Thomas Jones' record of 123 that was also set against the New Orleans Saints in the NFC Championship. So that's going to be my bold prediction. I guess I did sneak two in there as well. So you caught me. <laughs> 
All right, let's find out, Nick, who's going to be the MVB? And I always keep, I always forget to hit buttons, and I had the bold prediction graphic up there as well, but that's okay. Who's going to be your wildcard MVB prediction? Yeah, I think it's going to be Allen Robinson. And I, I say that because he didn't have much of an impact the last week against the Green Bay Packers. What was it? Two receptions for 30 something yards, two receptions for. 37 yards so Allen Robinson wasn't a big factor but go back to that first matchup Allen Robinson obviously had a bigger part in that had a touchdown a very nice touchdown catch a beautiful route on Marshawn Lattimore I think if this is Allen Robinson's last game in a Bears uniform he's gonna go out showing Bears fans what he's been for the Bears a a spark on offense someone that you can rely on but I think when it's all said and done and maybe it might not be enough I think Allen Robinson will be the MVP of this game I think another point to help you, I just remember how big Allen Robinson stepped up in the wildcard game against the Eagles and just how clutch, consistent, and how needed he was, honestly, had to be in that game. And Trubisky and Robinson, with that chemistry that they have, I think Trubisky, in this playoff atmosphere, is going to lean on him a little bit. Marshawn Lattimore, though, is playing at a much higher level than he was earlier this season. So it'd be really interesting to see how the Bears can give Allen Robinson some looks uh, because I do have a fear that if Trubisky wants to, you know, test Marshawn Lattimore uh, enough, we're going to pay for it eventually. Um, but that's just another wrinkle inside of that for me. My MVP, I'm sticking with the offense as well, and I'm going to just go with David Montgomery, the easy one here this week. I think, again, if we lean on him as much as we – both expect and I believe needs to happen. He'll be able to make his impact. And if we always talk about how underrated his ability to be a receiver and impactful in that regard is, and that's why I mentioned he should have a decent amount of uh, total yards in this game. And that's why I'm hoping and expecting him to be the MVB when it's all said and done. But Nick, it's time to get into our game picks. And do what's awesome because I'm a game back, unfortunately. And you're sitting there thinking, well, what? What are you shaking your head for? What are you shaking your head for? What are you going to say? Like, I won this already. Don't you turn this on me. What are you, what are you about to still say? Going. <laughs> the season's still going, number one. And number two, do you remember the competition we did when Brandon was around in 2018? What happened I in don't. the playoffs? Yeah, there, yeah, there, what, what happened? Tell me. Games are worth double, buddy. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, I won. I won not. the regular season. Remember that, everybody. I won the okay. regular season. So I want you to pick first. Who are you picking in this game, Will? <laughs> Dang it. Well, I already know that you're going to go Saints. So I feel like if I have any chance to win this whole thing, I have to go Bears. My heart says do it. My head says don't. But I also, I'm already a loser if, if, I, if I go the same direction as you do. So I'm not gaining anything. And honestly, Nick, at the end of the day, if we're sitting here talking, we're about a minute and seven seconds into this thing. If not one of us picks our Bears to win a playoff game, what are we doing? So I'm going to go with the heart. I'm going to say the Bears are going to win, even though everything we talked about in this whole show goes opposite of that. It's the playoffs. It's any given Sunday. Something can happen. We can shock the world here. Why not go for it? Why not just put everything out there? So for me, Bears win. And I don't have that on my notes, by the way. So I'm trying to do a quick score calculation. If the Bears win, it'll be 24-21. If the Bears allow more than 30 points in this game there's just no shot uh at all for them to keep up my opinion so they have to find a way to keep it low scoring i don't know how they do it 
but I want to win this thing. And points are worth double in the playoffs, so I need to make it now. So for me, Bears 24, Saints 21, question mark. Go ahead. Yeah, so, well, I had I had the Saints winning this one. Um, and I just think we talked about the deficiencies on this Bears offense missing their best linebacker, and you have Alvin Kamara. I hate that matchup. I honestly do. Then you look at the Saints defense, just a, a better unit than what they played last week in the Packers, and you saw the Bears show their true selves, I think, offensively. Yes, they had the opportunities in the red zone, but for the majority of the season, the Bears have been a bad red zone team, and those last four games against bad defenses showed they could take advantage of those defenses. Not the Saints. They know exactly what it's like to be out of the first round. The Vikings, of all teams, did that to them. So the Saints, I think, understand that they can't waste another opportunity, an opportunity for Drew Brees, who's not getting any younger. I think they they went, not convincingly, but it'll be a 33-26 to 26 game. Saints, look, they like you said, they couldn't go over 30. I think they do. And the Bears... Look, they got into the playoffs because there's an extra spot because of COVID, a COVID-like season because the Rams won. They didn't do it by themselves. And, like, I wrote that article earlier in the week saying that they, you know, really didn't even deserve this. It could have been a worse loss to the Packers. So I hope they win. I hope I'm wrong because, like you, I want the season to continue. I love watching the Bears, but I just think reality is going to set in and the Saints are going to end their season and they'll continue their playoff journey. No, you said what I think. I, I, You know what I think will happen. It's what I'm hoping can be different for my <laughs> sake, for our sake. Uh, your final score prediction with the Saints victory is very close to what I originally had in my notes. I had 31-27 Saints, uh, so we're very similar. I think mine's a little bit more realistic in terms of how you get there. I don't know how you get 33-26. and 26. That's a crazy game. I, so you get to that 20 might, and then Kyra might be Sanford. a scorigami. I would have to check that out. I love scorigami. I have no idea. Honestly, I didn't even have the score up here. I just made it up on the spot, but it's 33-26. Do you even know what scoregami <laughs> is? No. What is what is scoregami? Okay, like, I, I thought you, you say did it, like, it because you're just like, yeah, uh-huh, well, yeah, scoregami. Like, no, you don't know. It's scores has never happened before in NFL history. Like final oh, scores. 33-26 has happened somewhere. That's not that crazy. Uh, I'll check scoregami after the show. And I'll, when we do our live stream, I'll let people know uh, if it's been a scoregami or or not but we'll see um nick what's your confidence meter though and actually if you do your confidence meter and you can talk for about i don't know more than a minute which i know you can i can probably find out if it is or not oh this is a crazy site i don't even know what's going on here i'm on this thing all right yeah but uh you look at scoregami um confidence meter look i talked about the mismatches are just it's not in favor of the bears to to win this game and it's gonna have to take a a complete team effort. And I think defensively to apply pressure on Drew Brees to break the mold that this bears defense has been in. And I don't see how that happens unless Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn suddenly, uh, you know, start playing. Okay. I saw the face, but look, I'm going to say right now a four in my confidence meter, obviously it has to be below five, but that's, that's where I'll give it. And that's all I got. What's what's the score got me saying? I'm curious. It's happened before, um, but 32-26 has never happened. 34-26 has happened, and 31-33 has, but not 32-26. So we were, I was close. I knew it had score got me potential at least, and that makes me happy. Yeah, like a, a 32. That if I said that, then I would have been like, yeah, the score got me probably will will tell me. But 33-26, forgetting what I said. Okay, so for my confidence meter, 
I'll be honest. I, even though I chose the Bears to to win, and that's more for our records because I don't want to have to buy Packers and Lions and Vikings crap and wear it. I'm only at a 4.5. Uh, I don't know if the Bears can execute how we need them to in the red zone on either side of the ball, and to me that's really what it's going to all come down to because if the Bears can move the ball and they just can't take advantage – and again, the Saints' red zone defense is not good. They're 29th in the NFL. They're really good on third down. But once they do surrender enough yards and they do have their backs against the wall, communications issues come up. Um, uh, on top of that, they just kind of fall apart a little bit. 29th in the NFL there. But I don't know how the Bears can really keep up here. Uh, without Roquan Smith, without Darnell Mooney, your fastest guys on really each side of the ball, losing a lot of speed it's just going to be a tough one, Nick. It's like any way you look at it, you have Drew Brees who could be playing his last season. He's going to want to play with a little bit of extra urgency as well. And uh, again, we have a Hall of Fame quarterback on one side. You have Mitchell Trubisky on the other who could be in his last game of a bear. And then it's a huge hole in the middle of your defense. It's it's not shaping up well, but I do know it's the playoffs. I do know anything can happen. And that's what I'm hoping for still I don't want it to be one of those hey you know <laughs> they're gonna lose and let's let's just enjoy the game I I know there is a chance the the question is how much all right Nick any final thoughts as we wrap up no well um again I think we did this last time if this is the last show it was a nice little run but what the way it's last preview show sorry there you go um, the last preview show. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not coming on the post game or the, the you know live stream. That's I'm done. Uh, but yeah, it's been a been fun. We'll see what happens on Sunday. I, look, I think ever since we've been doing the live streams, I've just enjoyed watching games that that much more. And that's you know I love watching the Bears games, but it's fun to talk about during the game. And so for everyone listening now in the live chat and who will listen to this podcast, make sure check out the live stream when the ba- where the Bears are playing the Saints. Where we'll be there. We'll be there. We're not throwing things at the screen and, and screaming and hooping and hollering. I mean, if they do something good, we may give a little shout. But I think you know us by now, what kind of energy, what kind of attitude, you know, checking the egos at the door and just honestly just talking football, having a good time and uh, breaking down the game as it happens. And if you're not into that or if you're having other plans, of course, wait for the postgame show and we'll be right back per usual. But, Nick, uh, one question for you, and then I have some final thoughts. And I'll wrap things up. Uh, you already mentioned that we're going to be watching the game together, so you answered one of my questions. So thank you. Nick or CBS? Oh. Um, I think I I'm mean, I, Nickelodeon wanna, for the kid. I just want to see what it's like. It's just to see what they're doing there. But yeah, it could be a much mixture of both. I could see some you know channel swap in there throughout the game. But yeah, that's going to be an interesting broadcast. Uh, whatever they plan on doing, it should be it'll be different. Do you know good? I don't think you, Dan can would have to change the channel. So like we can't actually be on like a real time together for the first time ever doing that show. Yeah, and for those who don't know, Dan's my brother who has the power of the remote. Every time we watch football games, he always switches it, and that kind of throws things off. But you're right, so we'll have to wait and see. That's exciting. That actually gets me that much more excited for the game. But as I mentioned, I want to wrap some things up, and we'll call it an episode, and we'll talk to you all uh, on the flip side of this game. But Look, it's a, it's a tough matchup. Things don't look all too promising. And, but as we mentioned, it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. And no matter, I mean, if the game's going south, I understand 
negative emotions and frustration. But I hope that everyone is taking a moment to at least enjoy the playoffs while we have them. This is only our second playoff game in our sixth season, Nick, covering this team. It's only our second playoff game since the 2010 playoffs, not counting the 2010, since the 2010 playoffs. It's just too rare, which is unfortunate. It's just our reality. So let's just hopefully enjoy the moment that we have to have an extra Bears game this season. Obviously, I'm rooting for a win. Nick, I know you have the Bears losing. You're rooting for a win as well. And as we all know, my head says the Bears will lose, but my heart and my pride says the Bears can find a way to pull this one out. But the next time you hear from us will be uh, on this podcast as soon as the final whistle blows on Sunday evening. And I hope it's not our final postgame show of the season, but it may very well be. We'll find out soon. Enjoy all of Wild Card Weekend. And of course, bear down, Chicago. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.